These are some of the most common stolen goods. Wedding rings, chewing gum, bicycles, TVs, boyfriends, anything from Forever 21. So many people steal Advil or prescription drugs. <laughs> right, prescription drugs. How personal and weird is it to steal someone's medicine? It's personal and weird to steal someone's anything. <laughs> If you ever had something stolen from you, you know it feels pretty personal. But maybe you should count yourself lucky because today's thefts were beyond personal. They were people, as in body parts. Yay, today we're covering the top 10 stolen body parts. These bizarre crimes are some of the least common thefts, but they'll have you thanking your lucky stars that someone stole your boyfriend and not your brain right out of your skull. <laughs> you weirdos welcome to the podcast original crime countdown i'm ash and i'm elena every week we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes all picked by the podcast research gods this episode we're counting down the top 10 stolen body parts now, I think we've said it a lot on Morbid that stealing, for some reason, just makes me so angry. It irks me. Like, stealing things that are someone else's. You gotta just get your own stuff. I remember one specific thing. I had a ring that Ma gave me, stolen out of my gym locker in high school. Did you? Yeah, and I was real mad. It was, like, violating. That is violating. When I was in middle school, my new cool phone, it was, like, my first cool phone that, like, slid up, like, the keyboard Ooh, was, like, that. popped up. Mm -hmm. And I had it for, like, two days, and somebody stole it out of my gym locker. Why are people so brazen while working out? I don't know. What I mean, that? at least nobody stole our body parts, I guess. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> we still have all of those. I have all of them, but... I mean, I guess it's not weird to hang on to some body parts of someone else. What? Like, I'm going to keep, like, the girl's, like, baby teeth. Oh, okay. You well, know, or, like, hair. Yeah. Like, little locks of hair, you know? When they get their first haircut. Yeah. You know, and then somebody's kidney. You know, stuff like that. Just a couple things. Yes. I mean, it got cute until the kidney. It did. Do you know what I thought of earlier when I was, like, preparing for this? What? Have you ever got a body with a missing part in the morgue? Like, have you ever had anything happen like that? I have never had a body part go missing or have a body part, you know, a body come in missing something that they should have when they arrive. Everything has been accounted for up until now, but there were definitely a few entries today in this list where the autopsies did not go smoothly, and I gotta wonder what happened there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Today, we are counting down the top 10 stolen body parts. And if you're new here, let me fill you in. Elena will have five topics, and I will too, but neither of us knows which lack of body parts the other is going to talk about. Let's start the countdown. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. 
Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. A new true crime podcast from the team behind Up and Vanished. In 2016, adventurer Justin Alexander was invited on a trek by an Indian holy man. They headed to a spiritual ground in the Himalayan mountains, a place beyond civilization. The holy man returned and said nothing, but Justin was never seen again. What happened to him? Dive into our investigation in Status Untraced. Available now. Listen for free on Spotify. 10. At number 10 on our list of stolen body parts, William Shakespeare's skull. Ooh. We're starting off with a crime from 1794. William Shakespeare had been dead for almost 200 years when grave robbers snuck into the Holy Trinity Church in Stratford-on-Avon and stole his head. Oh, no big deal. Just stole his head. <laughs> yeah, a night on the town. Poof. So this was first reported in the British Argosy magazine in 1879 almost a hundred years after the skull was allegedly taken. I love that like a hundred years later, they were like, oh snap. <laughs> They're like, he's missing his head. We missed that key piece of information Whoops. in the tabloids. Like, like geez, what? Run with that story now, I guess. So are you wondering like what the most likely motive was for someone to steal his head? Sure am. To study the bard's skull. Ah, of course. And they used then popular philosophy, phrenology. Ah, pseudoscience. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> That's like way more your side of the brain. I'm like, the what? <laughs> the what now? Well, in 2016, archaeologists studied Shakespeare's grave and found a strange brick structure at the head of the grave. Basically like a 1603 equivalent of a do not disturb sign. <laughs> cool. It read, good friend, for Jesus sake, forbear to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my bones. So Shakespearean. Like, oh, okay. I love it. Do you want me to snap while I say that next I'm, time? And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't move it. I definitely would not. I don't want to be cursed. Macbeth. I don't want to deal with that. Honestly. Mm -mm. Shakespeare's name actually isn't on the original cursed grave, but they've recently added a sign for tourists. That's so nice of them. They know where they're going. Yeah, don't move this. <laughs> Do not touch this. Archaeologists continue to respect the sanctity of the grave and its marker's request. We'll never know for sure if the skull was stolen or not. I gotta know. I wanna know. I wanna know. If it was stolen, I wanna know where it is. Raise your hand if you're willing to go move it. No. No. Nine. At number nine this week is Oliver Cromwell's head. After digging up his grave and beheading his corpse, British royalists put Oliver Cromwell's head on a spike. Whew. They mounted it on a London rooftop where it threatened would-be rebels for 30 years until it was stolen during a thunderstorm. <laughs> I feel like I'm surprised his head lasted that long. I love that it's just like threatening people for years. Well, that's like decades. in the Royals one that we did. Um, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, he the had, Impaler. I don't know why I said that like <laughs> that. fancy. <laughs> the Impaler. Yeah, you just throw people's head on spikes and it's it makes scary. people... Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't go near it, that. It's a very messy scarecrow, there you basically. Go. Cromwell died while still in power in 1658. The next year, the monarchy was reinstated. In 1661, royalists came for a dead man's head. 
dead man's head. So he was already dead, and they were like, let's just dig him up and really desecrate this corpse. You know. Let's do it. After his posthumous hanging and beheading, Cromwell's head was missing teeth. His nose was broken and squished flat against his face. Ew. They didn't do it like neatly. What did they do? They were mad, I guess. The piked head graced Westminster Hall in London for 30 plus years before a crazy rainstorm snapped the oak spike and knocked it right off the roof. This head just was not doing okay. I know it was like way back when, but I feel like they were like, a storm is a ruin. It's like you didn't prepare for weather. Bring in your heads when that happens, I feel like. Bring in all the important heads you have laying out on the ground. Like we always bring in our like garbage barrels when we know a storm (laughs) is coming. Bring in the heads when you know it's coming. All of the above. An opportunistic guard grabbed the head once it had fallen, and he kept it hidden until his dying day when he told his daughter and she eventually sold it i wonder for how much i gotta know like on ebay and you look that up i gotta know that daughter because it's like that's what you decided to do i'd have emotions yeah i'd be like uh dad i feel like like there's a lot i didn't know about you why'd you hang on to this head for that long (laughs) i need to read your diary where's that at well that wasn't the end of it it passed through a series of owners and museums so this was just like the head that kept on going like oliver was just taking a tour wow in 1960 it was finally buried in a secret location at Cambridge University. I wonder why they kept it a secret. It was just going to keep I'm going. Kidding. I mean, <laughs> that was a joke. Who wasn't going to go look for that head? I mean, I feel like you might have. I'm going to. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of top 10 stolen body parts. Galileo's fingers. When he died in 1644, Galileo was buried in an unmarked grave. In 1737, his admirers decided to give him a more honorable burial. But during the move, fans pilfered three of Galileo's fingers and one tooth. That's fandom. That's fandom. And also, why would you want a dead man's tooth? I guess you get what you get and you don't get upset. At that point, it'd be so stanky. The thumb, middle finger, and tooth were put in a fancy glass container by the Marquis who stole them and later became family heirlooms. (laughs) I love that. A thumb, a middle finger, and a tooth. Imagine if that's what you got. I feel like that's my kind of like flex though. It's like, what's in your dowry? Like, I get it. Galileo's fingers. I I would love to be able to say that. I mean, it's a weird flex, but okay. (laughs) So eventually the family lost track of this fancy container significance and they put it up for auction in 2009. (laughs) They're like, what's this container all about? Who cares? Sell it. Just a finger in here. Yeah, it's no big deal. Auctioneers had no idea whose fingers they were. (laughs) So the auctioneers are like, uh, we have a finger. Got the fingers of wanna. a dead guy. $39. <laughs> going twice to the lady over there. Finger of a dead guy. Finger of a dead guy. You want this? <laughs> going once, going twice. Well, they likely thought that they were fingers of a saint because it actually was popular in the 1700s to keep a saint's body parts around. <laughs> And it was like a religious good luck charm. The 1700s were chaotic. Was a time. Chaos. So an anonymous person bought the parts because they didn't want to be known as that guy who bought the dead body parts. Show yourself. Show yourself. But they then donated them to the Museum of History of Science in Florence. Love that. So the stolen index finger had exhibited at the same museum since 1927. Hmm. And I've got a fun fact for you. Oh, give it to me. The stolen fingers were those Galileo would have used to hold a pen. I'm sold. I want those fingers now. (laughs) Give me them. That's so cool. (laughs) 
You could make it like Galileo wrote a note. Yeah. Everything I wrote, I'd be like, Galileo wrote that. (laughs) Seven. At number seven this week is President John F. Kennedy's brain. After his assassination, the president's brain was stored in a stainless steel container as criminal evidence. It changed hands several times before the Warren Commission requested the brain be turned over to the Justice Department. But when they opened the container, the brain was missing. So they just, they were like, oh, sorry, we lost the president's brain. They were just like, whoops. Oopsie. And I love they just get the container and they're like, oh, can't wait to look in here. And they're (laughs) like, like, "Uh, you forgot to pack the brain. It's just a piece of paper that says like, I owe you one president's brain. (laughs) So the brain was first stored in the White House basement, which is crazy to me. Yeah, I feel like it deserves a little bit more than that. Like JFK's brain was just in the basement. You know, no big deal. Along with all the other things, the Christmas decorations and such. Yeah, you just gotta move like a singing Santa. (laughs) In 1965, it moved to the National Archives, and a month later, RFK insisted the Kennedy family get hold of it. They're like, take your brain back. They were like, maybe our family should have this. I don't know. A conspiracy theory says that RFK maybe stole it to cover up his brother's drug use and health problems. Mm. And maybe he had it buried with JFK's body. What a good brother if he did that. I dig that conspiracy theory. I would do that for you. I feel bad about like the drug use and health problems that they're trying to like cover it up. But like, yeah, but like reunite it with his bod. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, there's another conspiracy theory. Ooh, this one's like one that a lot of people might be like, hmm. I think that might be Lean into him. Lean right in. This one says that the government stole it to cover up the second shooter. Oh. Or the idea that a Secret Service agent killed JFK by accident. By accident? Yeah, you've never heard that theory? No. Yeah. I'm not big on conspiracy theories. Yeah, that a secret agent accidentally shot him. Huh. And that they were like, whoops, we need to make that go away. Uh, You would think. So, I mean, that's just one to chew on. Just saying. So former Navy photographer John T. Stringer claims he took photos of the brain that also went missing from the archive. So not only is the brain missing, these pics are missing too? Government cover-up, government cover-up. I don't know if anybody else is feeling that. Per Assassination Records Review Board, existing brain photographs show less damage than Kennedy sustained. They don't match the doctor's reports. Well, that's creepy and this strange. should make everybody be like, huh? I mean, maybe now? I am into government conspiracies now. I'm just saying there's a lot of weird stuff with this. I got plans after this. What they think is doctors may have performed two brain examinations during the autopsy process and possibly on two different brains. Who was the other guy's brain? I don't know. Raise your hand if you're him. Well, you probably can't now. Also on our list at number six, St. Francis Xavier's toe. A toe. A dead man's toe. (laughs) A dead man's toe. When St. Francis' corpse was on display in 1554, a woman bit off his toe. 
Somehow, no one noticed the toe biting, but she was caught after the toe gushed an inhuman amount of blood and left a trail on her walk home. That's not real. <laughs> I'm like trying not to vom right now. I was, I'm was. i glad there's a toe on the list just so that we could go, dead man's, dead man's toe. toe. But like, that's real gross. If you've never seen Hocus Pocus, go watch that right now. Get on it. But like, ew, I hate feet so much. And it like gushed a ton of blood and no one saw her bite it? It's a lot. So it's a see, lot to unpack. It is. Well, let's do it. St. Francis Xavier had been dead for two years before this toe biting incident at the body's first public viewing in Goa, India. So this was the first time he was ever even like put on display and some lady had to go ruin it by eating his toe. That's a bad opening night. His body was incorruptible, a miracle in the Catholic Church where a body just doesn't decompose. A miracle of science as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. The miracle helped him be canonized as a saint. Similar to Galileo, the body part was stolen as a relic. What a body part to steal and what a way to steal it though. Ew, honestly. Like Galileo's fingers, like I get it. Like I get that. Like that's what he wrote with. We get that. But the toe? But a toe? That was just a shoe the whole damn time. That just helped him stay balanced. I mean, you gotta give credit where credit <laughs> I is guess too, so. you know? The specific toe in question was publicly exhibited in Lisbon in 2009. The rest of his body is split up across various religious sites. An arm in Rome, <laughs> diamond-studded fingernail in Goa, wow. shoulder in Macau, and his arm still travels the world on tour, <laughs> Sans body. I feel like that diamond-studded fingernail is like your flex. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Not a weird flex. Yeah. Okay. No way. After I read that, I was like, I want a diamond in my finger. Of course you do. Duh. I mean, I'm loving St. Francis Xavier's toe. And his diamond-studded finger. I'm loving it. And I'm also, you know, Galileo. I love that. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't yeah. know about JFK's brain either. See, I knew that, but that's just because I got obsessed with JFK's assassination for a little while. Okay. So I looked real hard into that, but it's still I, a crazy one. I can see why you would want to look more into it's that. It's pretty fascinating because you can never stop reading about it. Well, what's going to be next? What are the top five, guys? Hi listeners, Kate here from Parcast Network with a special announcement. Our newest Spotify original from Parcast is exploring all things superstitions. The origin stories of bad omens, the hidden lessons inside good luck charms, the old wives tales you really don't want to ignore. Every episode of Superstitions presents a new drama that unpacks a different belief. Can holding your breath while passing a cemetery save your life? Will carrying a rabbit's foot bring you luck? Why should you never stay on the 13th floor of a hotel? They may seem mystical or eerie or completely illogical, but if every culture has them and so many of us believe in them, there has to be something to them, right? Superstitions airs every Wednesday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. To hear more podcast shows, search Podcast Network in the Spotify search bar and find a growing slate of thrilling new series to enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. 
With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Five. Let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of stolen body parts. Next on the countdown, horror film director F.W. Murnau's skull. Ooh. A whole skull. You may not have heard of Murnau, but I'm sure you've heard of his iconic vampire film, Nosferatu. Yes. It's a retelling of Dracula, and it's all about bodies leaving their graves, just like Murnau's did in 2015. It's like a weird premonition he had, I guess. (laughs) He was like, this is going to happen. German film director F.W. Murnau died in 1931 in a car accident just nine years after Nosferatu. Ooh. Buried near Stansdorf Southwestern Cemetery near Berlin, his grave was previously disturbed in the 1970s and then again in February 2015. They feel like it might be a targeted crime because Murnau's brother's graves were not disturbed and investigators found a candle at the scene. Well, I'm sure it is targeted. He's like a movie director. Yeah, and it seems very, like, spooky. Like, let's light a candle and steal his skull. Because he's a horror <laughs> movie director, of course. Of course. They're like, why didn't they disturb the brothers? It's like, I don't know. Did they direct Nosferatu? <laughs> Did you? Or, like, write it? I don't know. <laughs> God. I don't know your life. <laughs> I don't know who you are. So there is a popular theory. And the motivation was a cult. Of course. Duh. Because the candle. No <laughs> of course. The black flame candle. The black flame candle was there. We're just bringing Hocus Pocus into everything. Nosferatu was the sole production of Prana Film, and that's a production company that was co-founded by, ding, 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 an occultist. Well, there you have it. They were like, you know what? It's a vampire film, and it was produced by an occultist. Obviously, this has to do with the occult. I mean, put two and two together, and what does that give you? Or it's just a film buff. I don't know. It might not have anything to do with the occult. It probably is a film buff. They're wild. There is another possible but unlikely motive, and that one has to do with revenge. Ooh. So although it's unlikely, it's still fun to talk about. Still the hot tea. (laughs) So it's revenge from the Stoker clan. Okay. Nosferatu is basically a ripoff of Dracula. Right. We all can agree with that. It just simplifies the plot and changes the names. So Prana Film neglected to get the rights to adapt Dracula. Stoker's widow sued... And Prana burned all known copies and declared bankruptcy. That was shady. So although this is unlikely, I'm like, well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know why they would want a skull for revenge, but. Don't mess with Bram Stoker. Well, maybe they wanted a skull so that they could sell it and then get the money that they were owed because they didn't get it when they sued. Makes Boom. sense. Boom. You just solved it. You're welcome. The end. <laughs> Countdown <laughs> <home> over. <laughs> Stokers never saw any money from the massive success of Nosferatu and Dracula. Oh. Bram Stoker died penniless in 1912. That's sad. That's just sad. But maybe not now that they sold that skull. Well, a copy of Nosferatu resurfaced in the United States. And its iconography still resonates in the horror genre. I think we all know mm-hmm. the image of Nosferatu with the teeth and yes. the eyes and the bald head. It's so scary. Scary. It's the complete opposite image of like Dracula, like the like romantic vampire. I was going to say like, he's like kind of handsome. Like charming the pants off you. And Nosferatu's like, what He's up? like, hey. <laughs> he just comes like bubbling. I was the- dead. Yeah, he's terrifying. Well, who knows? Myrno's skull may one day rise again too on eBay. 
four. Landing at number four this week is Geronimo's <laughs> Skull and Bones, better known as the titular Skull and Bones of Yale's infamous Skull and Bones Society. Ooh. Allegedly in 1918, members of Yale's secret society raided the Apache warrior's grave in Oklahoma and stole his skull, two bones, a bridle, and stirrups. Obviously, Skull and Bones members are sworn to secrecy. Obviously. Duh. It's like a, it's a secret society. It's the secretest. But that doesn't stop people from talking. Sure doesn't. So letters discovered in 2005 confirm the theft. This just always makes me think of the Skulls, that movie. I don't know if I've seen that. You probably didn't because I think it was like early 90s. So you probably weren't even born when it came out. But it was like Paul Walker as Caleb Mandrake. Ooh. In the skulls. I'd which like is a to secret see it. society. Joshua Jackson's in it as well. Oh. Get on it, everybody. This- and also raise your hand if you are with me right now and screaming at your car speaker and being like, Caleb Mandrake, yes. I'm okay. High fives. <laughs> well, I was thinking of um the Gilmore girls, that secret society. Oh, yeah. She, they're in Yale too. The Life and Death Brigade. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love you. <laughs> the bones, anyways, are hidden in the society's clubhouse, nicknamed the tomb. Spooky. But Geronimo wanted to be buried on Apache land. Of course he did. Which is now in like southwestern New Mexico. One of the alleged grave robbers was Prescott Bush. If you don't know who that is, that's father of George H.W. and grandfather to W. <laughs> All attended Yale and are supposed members. They're members. Our members. It's I know secret, it. It's secret, but they're members. Because it's a secret society, but we be knowing. If I went to Yale, I'd be part of that secret society and you'd never know about it. I would know about it, though. You would. An estimated 800 other living Skull and Bones members may have intel. Not me. So who was Geronimo, you ask? Who was he? Well, Geronimo is a Spanish name. His Apache name, Goyafle, means one who yawns. <laughs> That's Which me. is also synonymous with Ashkel. <laughs> <laughs> I yawn whenever I'm going to get a migraine. I keep yawning. So. I yawn when I'm nervous. Yawning is a weird, like, aura for it like is. things to come. Side note, you can tell if your dog loves you or not if they repeat your yawn after you yawn. Oh my God, I'm going to test that out. Yeah. Well, anyways, Geronimo. Geronimo spent his life fighting for his land and his people and died as a prisoner of war held captive at Fort Sill after surrendering to the U.S. military. That's so sad. And then to think like his bones are just being... I know. Held in a clubhouse. A Yale clubhouse? Not cool. Who are you? Mm-mm. His descendants sued Skull and Bones, Yale, and government officials, including Obama, to return remains. Wow, this is far-reaching. I know, right? Yale stance? They don't own or control the Skull and Bones clubhouse, and they definitely don't have Geronimo's remains. Of course they're going to be like, what? No, we don't have that. They're like, I don't even know what that club is. Maybe take care of your secret societies, Yale. Maybe. Number three on our list needs no introduction. Napoleon's penis. That doesn't need an introduction. But I gave it one anyway. Whoop, there it is. During Napoleon's autopsy in 1821, a doctor sliced off Napoleon's member and gave it to a priest. Allegedly, the organ went on a wild journey around the world, finally landing in New Jersey. Where in the world is Napoleon's (laughs) penis? Napoleon's penis's excellent adventure. (laughs) (laughs) After losing the Battle of Waterloo, Napoleon abdicated and died in exile in St. Helena. Thus begins the startling voyage of Bonaparte's man parts. (laughs) 
this is incredible. <laughs> By some accounts, the doctor also removed Napoleon's heart and stomach. It's really unknown if organ removals were accidental or intentional. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty intentional source of business. It should be pretty intentional. I know that autopsies now you can remove certain things, but you have to have like real consent and stuff. Like but permission. I don't think anything was as like on the tip top as it is now. Yeah, probably then. not. <laughs> but you know, who knows? The doctor had no qualms about organ theft, so <laughs> it was like, just take it. That kind of shows you who he was. Napoleon's valet documented that he saw the doctor steal parts of Napoleon's ribs. It's random. Yeah, and hard to do. Maybe he was like preparing for a rhinoplasty in the future. Maybe, but like, <laughs> who knows? I but don't know. Ribs are a very strange one to steal. One, because why? And then Are they two, really hard to cut? They're very hard to cut. Like, you have to use a giant, like, hedge clipper type tool, and it takes, like, all your strength. So, maybe he really wanted to feel like he earned it. You have to earn it to yeah. steal a rib. He was like, <laughs> I'm going to go through much. this work, so at the end of it, I'll earn it. I should have that. And I'll have it for my rhinoplasty. Again, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> well, the penis journeyed from the priest's family to a London bookseller, and it was item cataloged as mummified tendon. Yeah, that's classy. <laughs> It's like, I feel like I'm being so immature throughout this. I'm like, he, you he, can't he. not be. It's I know. Napoleon's penis. I know. Let's be real. It was also displayed at New York's Museum of French Arts in the 1920s. I feel like that's where it belongs. During the Roaring Twenties, it was like, here's a penis. <laughs> Check <laughs> Take me <a> out. <laughs> In 1977, a New Jersey urologist purchased it for $3,000, which seems it? cheap. Yeah. That's like a bargain. Napoleon's penis, come on. He confirmed it was indeed a male sex organ, and he willed it to his daughter when he died. Which Again? I that's just nice. Why do you think that's nice? Because <laughs> he's like, you know what? I got this mummified penis. I don't want it just to get thrown out in the trash. You thought, I trust you, daughter, with it. You thought it was weird when the guy before this gave his daughter like a skull or something. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. But weird. Weird. But like, what else is going to happen to it? I don't know. Nothing good. I can tell you that. Florid journalistic description says it resembles um, a piece of leather. Oh. A shriveled eel. Oh. Beef jerky. That wins. That's That's it. In a maltreated strip of buckskin shoelace. Maltreated. Like, woof. Napoleon's penis did not get a good rep in the afterlife. No. Napoleon, that's that's a bum rap. At the Imagine end. how mad he is He's like from beyond pissed. the grave. He's stomping his tiny feet right now. In 2014, a British government-funded documentary called it, quote, very small. Oh, well, he was a small man. And you know what? Napoleon would want you to know the organ wasn't professionally preserved. <laughs> I mean, there there you have it. Because let's not totally humiliate him from Napoleon's the penis syndrome. I'm saying. Well, Napoleon's penis has won the countdown so far. How is it not number one? I don't know. I gotta know. I liked that Nosferatu one, though. That one's fun. That was a fun one. We love a horror movie moment. It was fun to yell Geronimo. It was. That is a fun. But that one's sad because it's like, what did you do with that man's bones? It is sad. He does not deserve to be holed up in a clubhouse from some secret society chaos. No, and he that's not where he wanted to be. It's nonsense. Well, let's see what's going to happen because it's already crazy in here. What lies on the road ahead? Two.
The runner-up spot on our countdown of stolen body parts goes to at least one of Ed Gein's victims. Runner-up. Runner-up. I know, right? Serial killer Ed Gein didn't just murder women who resembled his mother. He robbed the graves of local women he hadn't killed who also resembled his mother. He loved his mom. Mommy. (laughs) Norman Bates. (laughs) Yikes. So police exhumed three coffins to corroborate Gein's story. One was empty. One held a crowbar. And the third held undisclosed body parts. Wow. None of those are fun to open. What what a day on the job. (laughs) What a day. According to the police, the grave with the parts intact also had the woman's rings. Hmm. Which is like kind of weird. Strange. Well, I guess he just didn't care about that. He stuff. wasn't in it for riches. He wanted the flesh. He was not in it the for materials for mama. He was in it for mama. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Gross. Well, an educated <laughs> guess is Gein didn't take the poor woman's fingers. Hmm. Gein insisted he didn't commit necrophilia because he didn't like the smell of dead bodies. Oh, honey, but you lived all around dead body parts. You're wearing a skin He's literally standing in front of somebody like hanging from a meat hook and he's like, I don't like the smell of dead bodies. But like, here you are. Like you had a lamp made of human flesh. He had a lot. We're going to get into that. I I was going to talk about that later. So thanks for the spoiler. Nipple belt. (laughs) After his mother died, he felt the need to recreate her. You know, he started as anybody would by trying to shrink his mother's exhumed head. That's where everybody starts. Step one. Yeah. Where else do you start. (laughs) Then over four years, Gein raided up to 40 different cemeteries, taking the pieces he wanted or full bodies. Okay. Just depends what he needed that day. He's a tinkerer. I was just going to say that. Oh my God. Wavelength. Police found Gein's lampshade made of human skin, goblets made of skulls, a skin suit made of breasts complete with a belt of nipples, a lot. Yep. But you know what? The goblet made out of human skulls is kind of metal. Wow. It's metal. I mean, I'm not saying I want one. I'm just saying that's real metal. <laughs> it, is, it is metal. I don't know how metal he was. I think he was just disturbed. He was pretty metal. <laughs> <laughs> he also used skin to reupholster chairs. So you don't like the smell of dead bodies, but, but you're sitting on skin. Yeah. Use velvet instead. Yeah. Despite this, he was a hoarder. Uh, The house was a mess. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) Was it? According to Judge Robert Golmar, the evidence containing human remains was destroyed once the investigation ended. That's crazy. I know. One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 stolen body parts, Albert Einstein's brain. Whoop, there it is. There it is. Despite Albert Einstein's express wishes to be cremated, autopsy pathologist Thomas Harvey decided to cut Einstein's brains out of his head during the autopsy and keep it. You know, that's a lot of artistic license to take. I can tell you... As someone with a little autopsy experience under her belt, don't do that. That's frowned upon, That's I would assume. That's very frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You don't want to take brains out of people's heads when they say, I would like my brain not to be taken out of my head. Yeah, I mean, it's very simple. Yeah. Yeah. Einstein died of a burst aorta, so there was really no explicit reason to even examine his brain. And isn't it hard to cut the head open? It's a process. Like, it takes a lot of elbow grease. It's like, why would you want to do that? Because it's Einstein's brain. I mean, yes, I do get it. (laughs) As much as I'm like, what? I'm like, you're like, I might have done it myself. I mean, I want (laughs) to do it myself, but like, I'm not going to totally say that it's crazy. Harvey wanted the brain 
for science. Sure. Of course. Unlike others on today's list, he was actually qualified to do something with the stolen body part. Uh, At least there's that. There's that. Well, Harvey was bad at his job. Oh. I don't know if you could tell from that really ethical thing he did. (laughs) But He was a great worker. He wasn't great at his job, and he was soon fired for reasons completely unrelated to brain theft. And he eventually lost his license. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because if you're just stealing brains out of heads, you're probably not doing other things. What else are you doing if that's what you're up to? It's not good. Well, besides losing his license, his job, and stealing someone's brain that didn't want their brain stolen, his marriage fell apart. Oh, man. Perhaps because his wife wanted to throw away the brain. (laughs) She wanted to throw away Einstein's brain? She was like, let's get rid of this. I wonder if she knew whose it was. Well, the brain moved all over the Midwest didn't have great storage, and at one point, somebody kept the brain under a beer cooler. Einstein's brain on a beer cooler. What are we doing? That must have been a frat boy. That's not okay. Uh-uh. That is Einstein's brain. On top of some white claws. I'm upset. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm upset. Well, eventually, they sliced Einstein's brain into 240 pieces, and they shared samples and slides with other scientists and researchers. That's cool. Because, I mean, we might as well take a look at it if we have it now. Like with Shakespeare, people believed the brain would reveal the secrets of the human genius, which I'm not going to lie. I would kind of want to know that, too. I'd be like, why are you so smart? Right? I got to know. What'd you do? But there's nothing special about it, biologically. So he's just just smart. He's just smart, which shows you. Maybe you're not born with it, but you can make it happen. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it is. <laughs> we don't know. After 40 years, Harvey put the remaining brain in a uh, Tupperware Good. and brought it to Einstein's granddaughter. She didn't want it. <laughs> she didn't want it? Like, woof. I mean, maybe she didn't believe him. He was like, hey, let me open this plastic container. Here's the parts of your grandfather's brain. I want to know how he found her. I got to know. And why didn't she want it? I don't think I would want a brain. I would want it. If my grandfather was Einstein, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. This countdown is constantly showing who we are. It truly is. (laughs) I mean, I think number one, Einstein's brain. Yeah, I agree. But then again, Ed Gein. Ed Gein and Napoleon's penis. I feel like Napoleon's penis was where it was supposed to go. <laughs> I think, well, it wasn't I don't where think it was supposed was. to go. I think but. it was all around the world. <laughs> I meant on the countdown. It went on like a rock tour. Even ended up on this countdown. It did. It's still going, I bet. <laughs> Do you know of any other body parts that should have made the list? Honestly, um, I'm ashamed to say I don't. I'm ashamed to also say the same. Yeah, so I think they really nailed this one. Good job, Parkhouse Research Well done. Gods. Thanks for entertaining us for yeah. the past hour. And everybody, hold on to your butts because those might be next. Actually... Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify, where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which hi, you're at the end of the countdown, so I hope you do. Hey. You should follow us on our other podcast, Morbid. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. And you better keep it weird until next Monday. Please do. Bye. Bye. Crime Countdown was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kevin McAlpine. Produced by John Cohen, Jonathan Ratliff, Maggie Admire, and Kristen Acevedo. Crime Countdown stars Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. Don't forget to follow Superstitions, where we take you into stories that unveil humanity's most peculiar beliefs. From black cats and broken mirrors to rabbit's feet and horseshoes, learn the backstories and hidden lessons inside our most questionable fortune tellers. Superstitions airs weekly, free on Spotify.